0: The first ever Fireside Chat. We've, We've got, got a great, great show in, in store for you tonight. Very, 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 very special. In-studio in studio guest, Greg De Palma. De Palma. We're going to be, be speaking with, with him one-on-one, on one, getting, getting up, close up close and personal.
1: And personal. Let, Let me tell you, you the concept first of this Fireside, Fireside Chat
0: before, before we, we get, get into it. Um, for all the IkeLive fans Life that are used to the big shows, the theatrics, the games, uh, you know, the, the, the costumes, we're getting, getting away from, from that and, and we're stripping, stripping down in the, the fireside, fireside chats. It's going to be a more personalized, uh, it's going to be more one-on-one, one-on-one
1: and then it's, it's going to be, be a great, great chance, chance
0: for you guys, guys to get, get to know, know the guests, guests that sit in the chair.
2: And my guest tonight,
0: chair. I mentioned before, before, Greg Palm. Greg, how you, how you doing?
2: Good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being the guinea pig.
2: For show one. Yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> I can't guarantee anything that will or won't happen tonight.
2: Anything that has to do with Brian Stockel, I understand. I, I know exactly how it is. Okay. All right. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Brian Stockle, exactly. um, even though this is a stripped-down show, we still do have an amazing staff here tonight, pushing Button. buttons. Of course, Brian the Carpenter. Yep. Yo. How you doing tonight, Brian?
3: Stripping down, buddy.
0: Stripping down? We're stripping down. Okay. It's sitting next to Brian, the one and only... Rich, a.k.a. Riz, a.k.a. Rizzo, in the house. What's Sup, up, Riz? What's going on? <laughs> we also have Zach, the intern, here somewhere. He might be tog fishing. I don't know where he went. Uh, it's going to be a great show. And we, Kelly, the in-studio audience. And Kelly is here. Do we have a shot for Kelly? Yeah, hell yeah, we do. Oh, there. <laughs> let's get a shot for Kelly. <laughs>
3: We'll be zooming in later, folks. Okay, so we're zooming in, in, and Kelly's here,
0: also. To, I are you, uh, are you Craig's publicist? Are you making sure he doesn't say anything?
2: She, she's a lot.
0: That's <laughs> funny because my wife does the same thing.
2: I, I mostly and get all of it work. afterwards, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You got to keep him in check, though. It's good. <laughs> it's a hard I'm, job. <laughs> I know. I'm glad you're here doing that. Um, just to let you know, we will have the IMs open tonight. So if you have a, a question or a comment for anything you hear tonight, hit us up on the IM. We're going to be letting select questions and comments through. Uh, that blower came on. Is that bad? Okay. <laughs> also, uh, this show, like, like the, the reg- regular Ike Live, is brought to you by a handful of great sponsors. A Mystery Tackle Box, TH Marine, Dr. Squatch, Primal Urge Foods, Liquid Mayhem, flambeau real snot founders tackle warehouse hobie and brand new sponsor for ike live the fisherman game check it out if you haven't already at the right you guys
3: played it you like it it's awesome yes indeed okay it's, it's wild and crazy I like it's it. It's what you do when you can't get out there.
4: Came out at the perfect time. It's winter. It's about to be. The whole world's gonna be frozen. Right. So. It's what
3: we should have been doing today instead of actually being on the Delaware eh. in third mid 30s and high wind.
0: I was. You know the, the thing about it. I I appreciate the video game culture. Yeah. It's actually a big business now. Yeah. Like I've seen these video. I mean, dudes are playing for millions. It may no be doubt. bigger than bass fishing. Wow. I don't
2: know. But I never knew.
0: But have. Greg, were you a video game kid?
2: No, I was outside fishing. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's interesting because, like, I remember all the, you know, Atari, Coleco Vision. It was all the whole the the whole gamut
2: through the years. Yeah, when I was coming up, Nintendo was strong. Nintendo. I never got a part of it,
0: and never really gravitated toward it.
2: No, it was probably because of my dad. Honestly, he always wanted us to be outdoors. Right.
0: Yeah, and it's it's funny because I deal with that now. Vegas, you know, Vegas likes it. And he's into it, but I try to provide a balance so he's not, like, yeah. I don't want him to get, like, overwhelmed. I don't necessarily think it's, like, the devil or anything, but also...
2: No, you got to have the best of both worlds. You just can't have one, for sure. You yeah. can't be locked inside playing video games. Yeah. No way. Yeah.
0: All right, now, I, w- I want to start this. I want to get to know you a little bit, yeah. but did you know you're the second most famous person in all
2: of Millville? Second most favorite? Yes. I guess that would be Mike Trout's Mike one. Trout! Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's tough because I, you know, I mean, y- you want to be the most famous person in your hometown. Yeah. If I consider my hometown Runnymede, I'm the <laughs> second most famous in Runnymede, besides a mayor that was mayor there that got, like, ousted for, like, having sex with, like, 30 people
2: And he's, he's in a, the yeah? office. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Very famous. You yeah. remember that big thing?
2: Sex sells.
3: Yeah. Who was that? Uh. <laughs> oh, we can't say.
0: Yeah, we can't, we can't say. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. But uh, Millville... But no talk of politics. No, we're not talking politics. <laughs> Millville is um, in South Jersey fishing, fishing culture. Yep. Millville is a very famous place. It is. Tell people... We've got people watching that, you know, they hear Jersey. And, of course, you guys get... I'm sure you guys got this all year, traveling. You get... You know, oh, yeah, you know, like Jersey Shore or, you know, Snooky or yeah. they think of New York City.
2: Yeah, nothing like that. Where we yeah. Live here.
0: Describe, it's, describe Millville. How would you describe Millville? How would you describe that South Jersey town?
2: Yeah, to? I would, you know, Millville and South Jersey, like this whole, basically south of Trenton is the Garden State. Right. Uh, we don't have big cities. You know, we have cities that are small. Uh, we have a ton of lakes, a ton of small lakes, you know, 50, 70 acres. But basically, man, it's, it's it's trees and farms and small lakes and just roads running through it. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, in, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's and, and I've been a lot of places across the country. As small as New Jersey is, I yeah. think the fishing's pretty darn good as far as comparable to everywhere else. It's pretty good. Yes. It's
0: pretty good. And and we've said this before, buying a carpenter after you drink open as Founders.
3: Yeah.
0: Did Greg just try Sal- to
3: say fishing in Jersey's pretty good?
0: It's good. It's real good. <laughs> It is a microcosm yes. of a lot of different fishing conditions. Yep, for sure. And and I don't think people grasp that totally because, again, from afar, you see Jersey and the states like that yep. big. Yep, But growing up, you experienced a lot of different yeah. types of waterways. Yep. Talk a little bit about some of that diversity.
2: Well, I can say this, man. I, I think it's kind of crazy to even say this, but if you're fortunate enough to grow up in South Jersey and you want to be – uh, professional fisherman, I don't know of anywhere else that I have been that you are, you know, shown this many different scenarios yeah. of all these different lakes. I really don't know. If you look at South Jersey, so there's basically, in my opinion, and, and there's, a, there's a ton of talent. I'm not putting anybody out for this, but yeah. there's me, there's you, there's Pete, there's Adrian. We're all from right here. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
0: Isn't is that crazy? crazy? It
2: is crazy. It, it's, it's unbelievable. And then
0: if you throw in, I can think of another ten names in yep. south jersey that are as good or better than our level i really i really believe that you know some of the um guys from south jersey bass club association yep. 100%. Uh, bob soley yep. living down here now yep. i mean there are hammerheads down here big time but you know the fact that in this little state of jersey four of us have come from south jersey that
2: that's yeah. That's all, pretty special. We're all
0: 15, 20 minutes apart. That's it. It's crazy. Yeah, real crazy. It's crazy. All right, now, I want to jump back a little bit. Yeah. Um, I read, basically just read your bio like everybody else does online, uh, and, and it's pretty cool because I read, and I want you to tell me what you remember about your first experiences fishing okay. and how you got into it. Yeah. Because I saw somewhere that I think it was your grandfather. Yep. And the the cool thing and why why that sparked my interest is we have that there's that green tackle box up there. Yep. Looks like it's from the 60s. That was my grandfather's tackle box, and he got me started as well. Like my uncle and my grandfather were key to why I'm doing this today. So yeah. talk
2: talk a little bit about that. I'll back up real quick. When I walked in and I first looked at that, that's the first thing I saw was that tackle box. That's funny you said that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I basically come from. A big-time outdoors family, you know, as far as hunting and fishing goes. Um, But my grandpa, Gary Montana, who is still alive today and still fishes a little bit, um, he basically was the main reason, period, why I even started bass fishing. Yeah. Um, He, dude, he he was hardcore. And, you know, this year, qualifying for my first Classic, he's going to be there. It's it's going to be emotional for both of us. That's awesome. Yeah, so... He doesn't. He doesn't watch this. But what did I have? I I know I'm jumping a little bit here, but yeah, no, that's okay. I kind of want to take my grandpa up on stage with me if if Trip allows it. You know, like day one of the classic, just to kind of that
0: would be freaking awesome. Yes,
2: just to just to say thank you
0: to him. Listen to me. Yep. Just do it. I staged. uh, I did a stage dive. (laughs) I saw it. We all saw it. Just (laughs) do it. worry about the fines later yeah. that that would be
3: it that's <laughs> 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 your first piece of advice the yeah i'm like i don't know if there's
0: any fines we're good right but what a, what an amazing experience that would be I, I i never i never had had that at the classic the yeah. only thing close to that is when i won the classic in 2003 i had my mom do the victory lap with me did you yes yep. cuz at the time i was that's single amazing, i was man. going through a divorce my my personal life was in the shitter uh, but it was amazing to have my mom up there because it was the same kind of thing. It yeah. was like, you know, she was proud. She was there from the very beginning, from when I fished off a, a damn dock in the Poconos. Yep. And then to bring it full circle
2: like that, it's yeah. got to be special. I, ho- I hope you do it. I hope I can, too, man. I yeah. hope I can, you know, talk to – I'm going to talk to Bass and just straight up ask him. Yeah. And I think Trip will go for it. He, maybe he's watching. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Trip, let let Greg do this. Yeah, please. Please. So, uh, basically, man, he was the whole reason why I started bass fishing. Yeah. You know, with even – I I started out fishing for perch and and, uh, catfish. I was fortunate enough that when I grew up, we literally have a dock on the Morris River. So, every day from home, from school, where's Greg? He's out there in a rowboat, and he's tied up out there, and he's catching catfish. Every day. I never missed a day. Yeah. Uh, You know, going a little bit further ahead, when I was, like, 14, I think – uh, so my my father owns a construction company. And when I was 14, I, I always started working real early because I my dad always told us, dude, you want something, go out there and get it yeah. for it. Yeah. So I worked one whole summer. I saved up 550 bucks. The, the, next, the next spring coming up, I bought my first John boat. Like, I bought it. Yeah. You know, working all summer because yep. I wanted to have a boat. So.
0: Do you remember the exact John boat?
2: Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Was it a 12-foot or 14-foot? It was a 1236 low.
0: 12.36. Yeah. I know that boat.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, my dad helped me deck it out that spring coming into the, the following year. As uh, soon as I got out of school for that summer, literally, I didn't miss a day. My dad brought me every day at 5, like 5 a.m., 5.30 in the morning to Union Lake, and he picked me up at 5 at 6 every night when he was done work. Wow. Every
0: day I was there. And how old were you at this point? 15. 15. Yep. Dude, yeah. I... And that I love that. that huh? That's so yep. freaking hardcore. And yep. and there's people watching right now that are gasping, they're choking on their own spit. That even at 15, that your dad would l- just yep. let you go.
2: Yeah, he like I said, you know, we grew up on the Morris River. Like, yeah, there was a million times to where, you know, I can remember back, man. When I was like five and six, I was driving my dad's Garvey. Yeah, you know? yep. I was just young, just driving it. He yeah,
5: go ahead, boy, go do it, do it. Just go ahead and go.
0: Dude, yeah. what a cool, what yeah. a cool lifestyle. So was it during those trips, like, because I, I look back on, you know, and, and again, my background is very, very similar. Like, as you're talking, I'm like, same, yeah. same thing, same thing. But I can remember trips in the Poconos where it was the same deal. They let me out in the John boat. It just had a trawler motor on it. No, wasn't a bass boat. But I can remember going out there in about the same time, 13, 14, 15, and – Literally, like, playing games in my mind, like, pretending like I was in a big tournament, you know? Like, I'm 13, 14, 15, and I'm imagining I'm fishing a tournament, you know? I'm, like, visualizing. At an early age, I'm already not, like, thinking about it, but in the back of my mind, I'm sort of aspiring
2: yep. to do this. Yep.
0: With some of that stuff going on?
2: It was. It, it's kind of weird how things unfold. So right down the street from my house was two guys that I considered to be excellent bass fishermen. As I even grew older, and they were hard to beat. And I, I would walk down to my neighbor's house all the time because he bass fished, and I always wanted to just hang out yeah. and kind of, you know, see his tackle. Yeah. And uh, one day he was like, hey, we're having a tournament over a reunion. You should come. And at the time, I was 16. So my, I told my dad. My dad signed for me, me and my stepbrother Charlie. We, my dad brought my boat in the back of his truck, put it in the water in the morning. We went out, caught lunker in that tournament. Caught a four-two. I remember the size. Wow. I mean, yeah. Caught lunker. I, that's the only bite. I ha- Actually, I caught. I, I had another fish when I lost it, but I remember I was going down the grass line at Union, and I looked over. I had nothing. This is later in the day. I remember looking over and I just see a, a big bass like swimming through the grass real slow four inch black worm boy i got him you know <laughs> i gotta remember it all like it was yesterday so awesome yeah. isn't it yeah that's the first time we got 122 bucks for lucker wow like, i remember everything yeah and uh it's
0: funny how yeah. you, you know it's funny how when those you know at the time you didn't even realize how big of a moment that was yeah but looking back on it now you you see how big of a moment that was yeah. that four
2: two yeah
0: may have changed your life and it did yeah, it did,
2: and I can remember the fight, dude. I, I thought I had a tuna fish on, dude. It was yeah. cool, and I was like, "Oh my god!"
1: So awesome. got it in the
2: boat, put it in the live well. We were looking at each other, like my stepbrother Charlie kept popping the door <laughs> to look at it because it was so big. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And then we cast a check, and that was the time where I realized that I was like, "Wow, you can actually make a little bit of money doing this." You know, yeah. at that age, that was a ton of money. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. So uh, first experience at, at Union, catches big fish. Yep. You start to get the bug even more. Oh, big time! Uh, w- what happens next? I-, I want you to talk a little bit about because I know we've run into each other in the last ten years, yeah, fifteen years. Yep. At every other local club tournament yep. that opens, yep. um, talk about now. You-, you started. You got that spark. Then what's next? Ne- Up,
2: upgrade to a fourteen thirty-six. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Two I, feet. Uh, yeah, I I got my license. I uh, got my first truck. I got a small little 86 Ford Ranger. Yeah. Uh, upgraded my John boat, and it was game on, man. I was freaking out of high school driving every day. Me and my buddy Brad, we, we would beat the lakes every single sa- I mean, I literally did not miss a day. Yeah. And when I started working full-time, I fished after work more than I worked. You know, I was probably doing 45 hours of fishing after work. Oh, my. In, in a whole week, you know. Yeah. I just never, everything I've ever done in my life has come down to just hard work. Yeah. You know. Just going out there yeah. and doing it.
0: And I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, You know, I won't, Brian Carpenter. I won't get us in trouble. Yes. I won't throw any names out there of other young, you know, pros out there. But oh. I do, I love the guys that have that. that yeah. They didn't come from money. Yep. They weren't given anything. They they worked from yep. day one yep. to get where they're at. I, I love that. I think, I think it makes you a more well rounded angler especially over the long
2: haul i know for a fact that yeah yep that's awesome yep
0: uh,
3: it builds a work ethic in you it
0: does build a work yeah, ethic.
3: and for the guys that, that that are built you know born with a head start i, I you, you know, know monetarily i still think they need a, a pretty high level of discipline and work ethic themselves Ooh. they just had an easier easier start at it
2: yeah yeah you know. it just speeds their process but it, it, they're it's going to yeah. plateau a lot faster yeah you know yeah. now I, I do I want to
3: stop, stop for,
0: for a second. second and talk about the South Jersey club culture oh yeah because it's it's a big thing we've 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 had this discussion on these shows before and it's funny because I we get people I am and calling in they're like man we don't have this at, at home in our state we don't you know they have big state tournaments stuff like that but there's something special going on down here in South Jersey Definitely. when it comes to this this club scene
2: yeah it's uh so we basically have a thing called the association to where every club that's a, a paying club that pays their dues is a part of this association and it basically organizes every club that we have down here so there's no double ups of tournaments on the weekends it's really organized and it's really it's really ran really well yeah um it's it just if people if people came here and saw how our fishing was where our lakes are, are tiny and you have a ton of boats like if you can win day in and day out in South Jersey, you got something special. Yeah. Period. Yeah,
0: because they're, they're, they can be tough conditions. Yes,
2: they
3: can be very tough.
0: Yeah. A yeah. lot of boats, these winter leagues, Yep. Uh, you know.
3: Everybody on the lakes in the community. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you want to be or not. They're all part of the community. <laughs> all you can see what team. everyone is
4: throwing.
0: But I, I really, <laughs> uh, no, I know, I really, uh, I look back at some of the key moments for me learning. Yeah. And. The Federation provided a lot, the, now the Nation, yep. the the, the Redmans, now the BFLs did, the Invitationals, now the Opens did for sure. But when I, I think of, like, key strategy moments, like decision-making, like, you know, fishing, the all that stuff where it's the mental side, dude, I think I learned more from fishing these South Jersey tournaments than anything else.
2: 100%, because when I travel now... I'm applying what I learned here
0: Yeah, and everywhere else. Do you find yourself out there now at the elites and, and you, you, you see a scenario and you can relate it to a tournament you've had in South Jersey?
2: Uh, it's probably the most common question I get from guys is, how do you know where to start practicing at? I literally, I don't, I don't ever lock to an area. I, yeah. don't, I don't really, I'm not saying it's bad. If that's the way you do it, that's the way you do it. I get in the boat, I drive. Either I'm graphing something, or I physically see something. Yeah. And it's getting to the point now. I just know they're going to be there. Like yeah. it's getting to that. Like I, I can't wait to hit my prime because I'm scared of how scary it's going to be. I'm just. I'm not talking big headed. That's yeah. how I feel about it. That's good. I put all this time into this. Yeah. I, you, you know, if Brian the carpenter, he does carpentry work, obviously. You know, see. Brian can walk into a, a job and be like, "All right, man, it's going to take this, this, and yeah." This to do. It's the same with fishing. You yeah. Just, you just learn and you see yeah. it all. You know? And
0: and you're developing that confidence, yes. Y- you know, still, yep. You know, you've got a giant long career ahead of you, yep. so that's the scary part. You know, I, th- I feel like in our sport, from the mental aspect, you just you can keep getting better. Yeah, you can keep learning more. Uh, real quick, do you want to shout out your old fishing club in South Jersey? Do you have a club that you used to fish for? <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, so I was with Tidewater Bassers. Tidewater Bassers ever? Yep. Uh, then then they, they 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 actually had this rule where. Uh, if you didn't fish 50% of the tournaments your whole entire season, then they kind of pushed you aside because there was a huge waiting list of guys right. to get in. Right. And I was at that time, my career started to go fishing the opens. Right. So I, I was fine with that, but now I still fish a club. If I'm home, last year I fished two tournaments with Fourth Ward. Right. So that's who I fished with. I went there the other day. Shout out to Fourth Ward. Yeah. I mean, I, I hang out with them guys. Like you know, I stop guys. in there and talk about them. Chicken coop. Shout out to the chicken that's coop. That's at the coop, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep.
0: Riz, do you want to give a shout out to your club?
4: Uh sure. One more cast, uh one more cast fishing club. They were the first guys to give me a chance. I bumped into the guy who runs it at uh at the Salem Canal one day and I was pulling a little eight foot John boat and he's like, Hey, we're having a tournament down at Union Lake next weekend and I showed up and yeah. fished the tournament and did good
2: and Yeah, dude, this <laughs> this this guy's game right here, like I'm like you dude, I watch everybody. Oh like, yeah. I don't know your statistics, but I know yeah. watching you like he works hard and I can see what you're doing between all your social medias, your reading stuff, you're doing stuff, and it shows in his fishing. He he excelled very fast so far. Big time. Don't stop. You're making me blush. I'm, Greg. I'm, well, that's wind, <laughs> that's windburn, but don't stop, dude. I'm being I serious.
0: agree. I, Riz, I'm I'm agreeing with Greg here, and I think I pinpoint it to your real estate career. Seriously, because yeah. in real estate you have to hustle.
4: Yeah. You have yeah. to work your ass off yeah. to make a, a buck. It allows the time too. Yeah. <laughs> it, right. It allows the time to 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 work short windows. For large profits with minimal sleep, you know, yeah, yeah. twelve-hour days are common. Yeah. Um, but it, it allows to go those two months where I can just fish and fish yeah. and fish and fish. Yeah. And it's not a good thing. Don't don't not work for two months. I'm not prescribing that yeah. to anybody. But. <laughs> but
0: time you know, on, time <laughs> on the water is important though. Yeah. yeah. There's, 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 there's no, no substitution. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean,
4: just that the, the confidence in just decisions, and I'm, I can't even imagine on the level that you guys have because. You know, for for me, just from the beginning of this year to the end of this year, um, at the beginning of this year, I was questioning myself so much, and I was talking about it with you guys. Like, I feel like every decision I'm making is the wrong one. Now, by November of this year, I don't. That's not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just making decisions and yep. going. It's and, exactly and what you and it said. Like yeah. You get that like confidence. I'm getting the bites. The execution has to, you know, get changed a little bit. Yeah. But, so yeah. Yeah. So.
0: That's good, Brian. You want to <laughs> shout out your old Bass Club? Top Rod, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Top Rod Bassmasters.
3: Yeah, we started it together.
0: It's awesome. Uh, so the clubs have been important yeah. to both of us, to yeah. all of us. Yeah. And the great thing about it is they still are.
2: Yeah, they, they really are. Truly it, are.
0: It's funny. When I tell people I fish I fish winter leagues in these local club events, I get the weirdest comments like, why? And and do they let you in there? You know, aren't they mad? But dude, it's great because I I fish these events. We fish one today. You fished Davis Mill.
2: Yeah, last week. Last
0: weekend. Yeah. They love us there. They accept us because I feel like we're part, of, part the, of the family. Part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you ever get harassed at any of these? Like
2: I mean, I, yeah. are you
0: qualified for elites now? Get the hell out
2: of here. Yeah. Last year I got harassed at one of the Salem Canal tournaments, but did you really? Yeah. The guy that runs it actually spoke up and said, uh, "Greg has done so much for us. over it was a tackle store." Greg has done so much for us over the years. He can fish anytime he wants.
3: Who was who was complaining? A sore loser. I don't know who the guy was. I actually <laughs> never saw sore him. A sore loser. Shout out to sore loser. He lost that day. <laughs> <laughs> we can
0: now, take a turn. <laughs> all right. Now I do. So real quick, just to let everybody know. I did fish uh, uh, five alive, one of the premier clubs yes. in, in Jersey now, yes, not necessarily is. South Jersey, but all New Jersey. All in New Jersey. Uh, fished one on the Delaware today with Uncle Don who's a guy that got me into fishing, you know, just right there with my grandfather and my uncle. Dude, it's so good to get back and fish with family. You know what I mean? No comparison. And to have a good day, it was awesome. Um, But Riz and Brian Carpenter Carpenter fished together today, and you have a story from today. You had a four-pound
3: plus. Well, yeah, we got a lot to talk about when we get into this story about the river tournament, I feel like. All
0: right. Well, You you want to talk about it now, or do you want
3: to?
0: It's up to you. I, I I just want to hear it. Because you guys have been holding it from me. Well,
3: I, I mean, okay. just the whole thing about um, seeing Uncle Don out there with you. And, and, and you know, you, I mean, that part was that, that was so cool. And him getting in the boat with you this morning and putting his ski mask on sideways. <laughs> ski mask is... <laughs> and he's just all like... <laughs> <Back tops. laughs> he had one eye covered. That <laughs> was awesome, wasn't it? It was the best. Uh, um, but Don, Don caught him today.
0: Don caught him today. Yeah. Don caught him today. Don's really good at... Um, catching him <laughs> he's really good at once he gets on something yep he'll just throw it and throw it like yeah. you know what i mean he doesn't get that antsy he wants to try something else yeah. he has patience. <laughs> he's very he's got patience like yeah. today he caught a few on a shaky head and he was doing his thing and then on his own he's like i want to throw a, i want to try spinnerbait i'm like all right cool try spinnerbait you know i had the spinnerbait tied on and i don't know he threw it a hundred times like, for for 30 minutes, 40 minutes.
2: Yeah, we would have dropped the bite in. Like, ah, this ain't working. And
0: then all of a sudden, he yep. gets a bite, and it's a big one. Yeah. You know?
2: And I'm like, damn.
0: It's like unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and he just stuck with it. Stuck with it. He had three bites the rest of the day, but they were all three-plus pounders wow. on the Delaware. That's which is wow. unheard of. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's special. It's that, crazy.
3: That's how you do a buddy tournament, though. That's a yeah.
0: that's a good partner to have. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you
3: caught numbers, but. Yeah. Yeah. Don ended up catching the weight because yeah. he stuck with that yeah. one deal. And, and to, to his mindset or, or, you know, just sticking with one thing, I cut my tackle way back going into this event. <laughs> that was kind of really lack of preparation. But with that in mind, like, we had – Rich and I had no practice going into it, and I'm just like, I'm not going to bring a ton of stuff. Right. I'm going to limit myself to these these couple things. Keep it simple. I, yeah. Brought a jig rod, spinnerbait rod. And two spinner rods. I actually brought four because the blade to f- braid to braid leader thing, you, you break off a lot, and yeah. I'm not tying that leader on the on the water. Right. So I brought yeah. four spinner rods just to, just as backup. But it's essentially, it was a four rod day. Yeah. And keeping the techniques real real simple. Yeah, it's good to do. But like that. you were saying, what Rich about making the calls and going with it, or like you were saying, we're heading back up the river after our first spot didn't didn't work out, and uh. And we're, we're heading to a particular spot. And all of a sudden, he's like, ah, let's go over here and catch a four-pounder first. And rips the steering wheel, makes a hard right, and we pull into, you know, another square. We get in there, freezing cold, right? It was mid mid-30s today and running 60 miles an hour up the river. My gloves blew out of the boat, leaving the last spot, so I had oh, no gloves man. anymore. <laughs> Gloveless. <laughs> Gloveless. So we pull into the spot, and, and it's it's not five casts in, and Rich, Jackson a big one. A big one hits him right at the boat, and he's like, oh, got one. And within seconds, it's right there on the side of the boat, and it's a body, like two feet long. You know what I mean? It's a giant. A log. Yeah, and I'm I'm dressed like the Michelin Man, you know, the kid <laughs> from uh, A Christmas Story. And you know, I go stumble in the back of the boat, grab the net. I, I still got my ski mask on, so my, my my vision's like this. I go to grab the net, before I know it, I got his rod tip in, in the net. <laughs> Ouch! Like the rod, the rod the, tip of the, the rod, rod you're I'm losing? holding. The rod I'm holding. The rod I'm, he's fighting a four five pounder with.
4: I'm holding the rod, and I have my rod tip up, and all of a sudden, I feel an <laughs> involuntary movement Another on my point. rod tip downward. But I realize quickly it's not the fish
3: oh.
4: that pushed my rod tip downward. Oh
3: no. I get, I get back there and I'm like Ugh. I got the rods all hung up and I'm like, oh my god. So I'm scrambling to get the, the, the you oh know, the rod goodness. out of his eyes and I'm, and he's like, Just scoop it, just scoop it. And I'm like one strand away with numb fingers that aren't working. I get the net off and the spinnerbait goes out of the water.
2: Ouch. Oh man That
5: sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that Gee, sucks. Man.
3: So what what I, what's at fault there? The weather, the net man, the net itself. BTC. Uh, it's all Brian the Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, no, that was all me. Um, definitely all me. I
4: so, should have had a trailer hook on. I should have had a trailer hook yeah. on. I should have engaged. I should have engaged my thumb. I should have been able to play that fish a little better, so that it wouldn't have been chaos. It's not. It's not the net guy's fault. It's never the net
3: guy's fault. Oh no, it is. It's execution. Right? I actually so. got the net caught in your rod. I'm gonna go the net guy. Net <laughs> <The> guy. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Yeah. That guy. Oh. Yeah, total loser. So I scream and curse and, and yell and say a bunch of stuff. Why does and, God hate me? Yeah. I walk up to the front of the boat, grab my rod that I dropped five minutes ago, and I got, you know, a pound and a halfer on it.
2: Just <laughs> sitting there. Oh, my God. Rig,
3: yeah. At
2: least you got something. Yeah. Wow.
3: Consolation prize. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like a four-pound difference Yeah. So whatever. Trade no you this
0: pound and a halfer for the four-and-a-half pounder. I,
3: I, yeah, I think it was at least...
2: Four and a half, but. Say, say it probably would have been a good day to go in Derby with the wind. You think? Yeah.
3: Is that what you would have done?
2: Derby at Raccoon. I don't
3: know that one, but where'd you go, Mike? <laughs> I fished Derby. <laughs> 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 I
2: fished Derby today. Yeah.
0: Uh, want to keep talking? So the yeah. club club was important, mm-hmm. and then what you said, I I want you to dive more into that because watching your career. You've done something that I really believe in, which is it's something called the stair-step process. And that, to me, the way I define that is you don't go to the next level of derby until you're ready. You've done a really good job at doing that. Yeah. So you fish locally. You at fishing the club scene You're winning everything here. You've kicked my Cooper River several times. And then you start fishing the Opens, and you have success there. Talk a little bit about that stair-step process.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, I was fortunate, too. Like I said, I I met some good people along the ways. Uh, Basically, you know, I'm going to say there's more than one, but there's one guy that I fish with religiously, and it's been that way for the last 20 years, and that's Mike Sims. Uh, He's my fishing partner for everything. Uh, when I first came into Tidewater at 17, Mike was winning everything. And I maybe fished for probably three or four years. My first year in a club, I weighed, so we did pounds per point. You catch one pound, you get one point. My first year in a club, I weighed 14 pounds in the whole season. Right. My second year, I weighed 40. And then after that, I started winning anger at a year. So just the process. But when I started to win... I was going heads up and Mike every tournament. It was like me and Mike, whoever was going to yeah. win. And then it got to the point, and Mike was like, or I, I don't know if it was me or Mike, we were like, you want to fish together? Yeah. We were like, yeah. And then we started to fish together, and I took all that I knew in South Jersey, he took all that he knew in South Jersey, and we started putting it together. Yeah. There's not a person on this planet that I can relate to like he is. It, d- dude, we fish so much together, it's like. At the same time, we both look at each other and be like, let's go to the tree or something, like, yeah. that, like something. And we both think you gel with him Dude, perfectly. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's stupid. And
0: buddy tournaments, that's so important. Yes, to so, have somebody you gel with. Yes, it's know?
2: it's everything. I think. Yeah. I think the good relationship. So any of you guys are coming up, you know, try to find a guy that you're going to stick with. And, and if you can't work together well, if you argue in the water, no good. Right. No good at all. Right. You're, you're going to lose. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I came up. I did club level, started doing some higher body tournaments, you know, USA Bass Inn, yeah, that kind of stuff. From there, I went to New Jersey Bass Nation, or whatever it was back then, just the Fed Nation. Yeah. And I, I did well, you know. Um, and then from there, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try the Bass Master Opens. Yeah. And my first year in the Opens, 2006, I qualified for the Leeds the very first try.
0: So, first year. First so, year. you're having success yep. locally. Yep. You're having success in the Federation. Yep. In the nation. And then... Say, let me try this shit. Yep. Just let me just try this shit just to see. Yeah. And right off the giddy, you qualify. Yep. That's incredible. It is. That's really, really incredible. Yep. Do you remember? Was it three? Five. Five tournaments that year. It was five. Do you remember where they were?
2: Yes. Uh, It was our first one. I got to think about them. So we had the very first one Kentucky Lake. Which, at the time, I had a lot of experience there because all the years fishing Midwest Bass Tournament, my buddy Mike in the buddy system, that's where the Classic was every single uh, time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. when I went to Kentucky Lake, I was like, dude, I felt like I was at home. Right. You know, I really did. And I was like, I, I went there, took 18th in the very first open I ever fished. Um, at the time, on, on Kentucky Lake, it wasn't like it, it is now with the ledges or with the carpenter now, but it wasn't like that kind of bite. It was, I called them South Jersey style. Yeah. I called them shallow. I knew where they were. I busted them. Uh, second event, I think, was on the Mississippi River out of Iowa. Wow. Yeah. And okay. so I went right to a river system. Yeah. Same thing I thought right at home again. Right. All the Morris River experience. Yeah. You know, Delaware River. Uh, went there. I think I came in like 34, 36th. Another uh, really good finish. From there, I'm trying to think what the third one was. I can't remember what the third one was. It would probably come to me. But
0: That's funny because people would assume that these are like eastern... Opens or Northeastern Opens. Yeah, but these so
2: crazy. They're all over the place. Yeah, I was traveling a lot, at, you know, first try ever. Yeah. Um, then I actually came to Champlain. And I went to Champlain, and at that season, that 2006 season, that was the only bad finish I had. You know, I always, it's kind of weird, man. Like, I, I always compare things. Like, you're real good on Champlain. So, in 2006, when I was heading to Champlain, I kind of thought to myself, Mike's good here, I should be good here. Because we fish the same, yeah. same, you know, growing up the same yeah. style. I, I kind of relate a lot of things that way. I always have been. Yeah. Uh, I went there, did that. I didn't do good there. I think from there I went down to, like, Santee or something, did good there. Uh, and I had one more in between. And then after that, there was, in 2006, there was a wild card. Do you remember that?
0: I do remember that. There was a wild card championship.
2: Yeah. So I went to the wild card championship on the Harris chain, and I found them, like, the first day of practice. And I was like, man, if this holds up, we had a big cold front come in. And I freaking called them good every day. Wow. Yep. That's, that's incredible. And that was the qualification. For yeah. It. Yep. It's funny about
0: Champlain, too, because in 2006, the year that I won Angler of the Year, my worst finish was on Champlain. Oh, crap. Huh. You know what I mean? It's like that's the funny. one, I, that's the one when I looked at the schedule, I'm like, this is my tournament. Yep. And it was the one I had like a 50th place finish. And all place. the rest were like top 20s except that one. Yep. You know? But here's where it's interesting. And, and I know you've talked about this on other Shows and stuff, but I I want to hear it from you directly. So you you made this nice stair step process, yep. club levels, nation, opens, but then it went like this, because when you had that good open season, yep. it gave you a path straight potentially. Yep. You're right. If you wanted it straight to the highest level yep. of competitive fishing. Yeah. And and there are people watching this right now. There are people listening. That dream, that's their dream to fish at the highest level, whether yep. it's elite, MLF, FLW, whatever it is. And here it is, you've got your ticket. Hand it to you.
2: Yep. And what happened? Uh, Bass called and said we need fifty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> that's that's pretty much <laughs> how it went down. And you know, exactly. I so <laughs> here's a bill. Here, no, no, seriously. So I had I had three weeks to give him an answer. Wow. And I. Dude, that was the longest three, we- three weeks of my life. Yeah, literally, because like, uh, you know, I was working full time. I couldn't even work, dude, because I was so mentally like, oh my god, yeah. how, how am I gonna do this? I yeah. have to do this is my dream. And uh, the three weeks came, and I think it was Chris Bose I talked to. He said, "Greg, are you ready to go? You're gonna give us an answer." And I said, "Chris, I'm gonna have to say no." And he goes, "All right, we got Glenda Long. He's lined up, ready to go." So I thought to myself, you know, I I, I couldn't afford it. You know, there's yeah. no way possible. Yeah. Um. So I, I turned it down. Glenn had a, a good few years on tour, which I was happy about that. Yeah. But when I turned that down, that was probably, you know, with the exception to somebody dying, that was the hardest thing I ever did. Wow. I had my dream in my hands. Yeah. I, I gave it away. Yeah. I wasn't ready for it. God, I
0: couldn't – see, I couldn't imagine. I mean, that's that's hard. I remember my rookie season. I remember the bill that was there looming. But I didn't have the urgency that you had, you know, I, I was built up to it. I had a good eight months or whatever because I I had qualified the the spring. I already knew I was fishing the elites, yeah. so I had like six months or something to get ready. You had three weeks.
2: Three weeks, but at the time, even if I would have had probably two months, I didn't know anything about the industry, dude. I, yeah. I just I just knew how to catch them. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. So that's the business side that's very important. Right. On, on the sport because man, it's so expensive.
0: Right. So when so, you call you call talk to Chris. Yep. And you come to the reality that you're not gonna
2: yeah. fish. I cried. You cried. I cried. Yeah. Yep.
0: That's crazy because yeah. I think I would too.
2: Yeah. I needed to be by myself for a couple of days, man. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. yeah.
0: What was your mindset after though? Did 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 that crush your dream or did you what, what would did you think? Man, I'm gonna keep working and I'll do it again.
2: My thought was 2007. I'm gonna get angered a year, and because they gave some money away, and then you had other other incentives too. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna win it. Yeah. I just I just as soon as I as soon as I realized I, I accepted the fact that I, I couldn't do it, I had one option. Keep trying. Keep trying. My, my whole life was keep trying. Yeah. That's that's how my whole career. If it was baseball in the beginning, if it was basketball, I'd never made the cuts first thing, but when I did make the cuts, I was like the best in the team, it seemed like. Yeah. It got to that point. Right. So it it's almost like it's almost like it's, it's identical to that. Yeah. You know, I I had a, an opportunity. It yeah. wasn't the right timing. Yeah. And then Dude, so from, like, 2006 all the way up until this point, there's three years. I would say it was 2017, I think it was. I had two 13-place finishes in a row on the Open, 13-14, something like that. I wasn't in the points. I was right there. Came down to Champlain again, uh, the last regular season tournament. And I go to Champlain. It was in September. I had... The most incredible practice of my entire life did it the like, right now. Still. Yeah. It was like I couldn't do no wrong. Like, I was catching 22 pounds with my eyes closed in smallies. Uh, actually, one of your buddies, he he was my co day one. I can't think of his name. Tall, skinny guy. You, you're always with him. He John had,
4: McGraw.
2: Yeah, John McGraw. Yeah, John, John, McGraw. John McGraw. John McGraw was my my anger for. They tell for, you to
4: come off pad in the middle of the lake.
2: <laughs> no, John got in my boat and said, "Thank God, I got a good pair for this tournament." <laughs> That's exactly what I said, to my wow. thoughts. My thoughts were like, "Oh God, what's going to happen now?" Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I go to my smallmouth, and uh, I, I in in my eyeballs what I saw. I lost twenty three pounds of fish through the course of the day.
0: Oh my God! And
2: it was like maybe twenty one was leaving that tournament the first day, and but points-wise, man, I was in, like, like twentieth place after that first day because I lost all the fish only weighed in, like, 12 pounds or something. Right. But not only that, I, I lost the elite invite, you know, because there was no catching up on trampoline right. after one bad day. Yeah. So it's funny. So basically, from that tournament on, there was, like, three years, maybe, like, 15, 16, 17 or whatever, where it literally came down to the last event in the points, and all three years in a row, it was one fish lost at the last event that kept me out of the elite series. Wow, yep. that's incredible. It is incredible. You want to talk about heartbreaking? I mean, it's a heartbreaker. Yeah.
0: But as much as it hurt, yeah, I know. You know, declining that invitation, it hurt yep. clearly. Yep. Next couple years missing it by a fish. Yep. You know, you the what ifs. Yep. You know. I know I know that a lot. Yep. I mean, they haunt me. I still have a lot to haunt me to this day. But now that you're in the elites, and we're going to talk about that in a second segment, but now that you're here, in hindsight, do you feel like you're glad all that happened?
2: Yes. I said to her the other day, I said, the biggest thing was, is basically, and this is a Steve Jobs quote. I'm not making this up. Uh, he, he always said, you can't connect the dots looking forward, only back. Right now looking back at all of it, I would not want it to happen any other way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because from two thousand six to two thousand eighteen, what I learned yeah. now that I can apply, back then I wasn't ready. Even if I had the money, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I was not ready. I didn't even use a graph back then. I went shallow fishing, that's all I did. Right. You know, I went yep. John, Cox John Cox style. John yeah. Cox Yeah. Yeah. But uh, man, I just wasn't ready. And for me, you know, not not having the money all that time in between allowed me to make relationships. Right. You know.
0: Right. uh, So you were
2: learning the other
0: side of the sport, the business side of
2: it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, You know, dude, I'm fortunate because, and and they're friends in the show too, I met Mike and George Accord. Yep. Susquehanna. Susquehanna. Shout out Susquehanna. Yeah. And, dude, them guys have been such a – huge part of my career yeah i got questions i don't care if it's anything i call Mike and george man I'm like yeah what, what would you guys do in this yeah you know this scenario
5: yeah and they're and
0: they're veterans in the industry very very yeah good at
2: it. yep they know everybody yeah. they know every scenario george has been to the classic twice yeah mike's won a boat before i mean you yeah. guys can fish guys can fish and, and, they,
0: I, d- and they know the ins and outs of the business side of it really uh, well 100 yeah
2: yep and that, that's where i'm fortunate yeah yep
0: I, i'm a big believer brian De carpenter how many shows have we mentioned this and Riz, how many shows have we mentioned this? That things happen the way they happen, it's sort of meant to be, and it that's it sucks. Like
3: getting the net stuck in like the, top getting the of net. Run. Like that, right? right? Like that's Literally, a that's a shitty experience. Second yep. place in Lunker was meant to be for us.
0: But <laughs> well, something you're going to look back on it two years from now. Something there. It's
4: going to be a lesson.
0: I don't know about this scenario, but in this no, scenario, there, will be. There, 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 there
4: absolutely will be. There's yeah. always a lesson to be learned from. In- yeah. 40 Trailer hook. Trailer hooks, managing the – you know, it's
0: – Yeah. The net. Yeah. I'm a big believer in, in that. Yeah. And, so, and it's meant to be. You know, something's uh, meant to be. It happens the way it's supposed to happen.
2: There, there's so many scenarios, like, it, it you know, yeah, to back up, up, up a little bit. And probably nobody knows this but me, but at the time, when I first met Mike and George, uh, I was with a Bay Company. I'm not saying any names, but I was with a Bay Company – and the Bay Company and, and SFT kind of had a little bit of a falling out. Yeah. And I wasn't with Susquehanna at all, but I got an offer from Mike and George to come be a part of their pro staff. And the Bay Company told me it's me or them. Wow. So at the time, I was already with the Bay Company, and I'm all about. The Bay Company said it's us or Susquehanna? Yes. Wow. Yes. Damn. Yep. That's ruthless. It was very ruthless. It was just about money, man. Yeah. And it, and it's SFT did nothing wrong. So right. At the time, I thought to myself, "Well, I've been in this big company now for three years. You know, what do I do?" And I thought about it, and I, I you know, selfishly thought, "Well, long term, SFT is probably a better choice." Yeah. And man, that's one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. In a small decision. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, it's gonna. It, it came out to be now. It's a huge decision. Yeah. You know, because SFT has been. Very supportive for me. Yep. Um, You know, just with everything.
5: Yeah.
0: You've got a great resume right now. You've got Riot Riot Bates. Yep. AFCO. Yep. uh, Working with Hummingbird. Yep. Yep. Uh, Bash University. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Was I supposed to say Out that?
2: Yeah, I don't think Can anybody. announced it yet? Yeah, nobody knows that one I yet. Think we just did. Uh, yeah. We just did. Yep. Pete's gonna be so mad. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah,
4: my phone's ringing right now from. Justin <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was the press release. Oh, sorry. Well,
2: I might as well do the rest right now or on we that real quick. as well. So this year, I partnered with the Bass University. Yes. Uh, we're going to do, do, do some stuff together. together this year. It's going to be pretty fun. It's um, awesome. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. One more. You're going to like this one, Flambeau. Ah! Yeah.
0: Another right. company we work yeah. with. Great guys. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I,
2: I did sign nationally with Humbird and Minnesota. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about that That's one.
0: That's great. Well, uh, Bash University is happy to have you. I mean, yeah. you're a great instructor. You're a great speaker. So you. it's, uh You'll be a great representative. Good. Now, the one thing I, I want to jump back and talk about, and, and it's, uh, it's an important piece of your career. It's an important piece of how you perform, and it's a important piece of your life. Is your better half? Yes. Uh, Kelly over Kelly here. Kelly Devilla. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly's sitting, watching, being very quiet. Yeah. But jump me into this story on yep. how you guys met and uh, and how things have progressed as all this that we talked about yeah. was happening. Yep. Tell me a little bit about how your relationship falls into that.
2: Well, let me backtrack a little bit. Kelly's nine years younger than me, so that's what? that's great. Yeah, way way younger. Yo. Yeah, that's up. Yeah. <laughs> <Damn.
6: laughs>
2: Kelly, at one point, was best friends with Mike Trout. She went to school together, same birthday, same everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I guess she has the best of both worlds, I guess. But two <laughs> you know the two most famous people <laughs> in Bill <laughs> One personally. Um, Kelly, everybody. But, man, yeah, dude, like, you, you see so many guys, guys on tour with their wives that travel with them and all, all that stuff. Yeah. Huh, if I had to go into, man... She is she is why I'm where I am today. Yeah. Uh as far as it probably took 2-3 years of our first part of our relationship to get to the level that we're at now. Yeah. As far as she's always been supportive. Yeah. She's never once said don't fish. Yeah. Like she kind of knew it from the get. Um dude, if I have a bad tournament, you know the deal, bad tournament, bad day. She ain't, she ain't never not put me up. She's like, dude, you got this. Yeah. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Yeah. When it comes to writing emails and I'm on the road, she never even questions it. Yeah. She just does it.
5: Yeah. It's so
0: important. Yep. Um, your family support. Yep. And especially your your spouse, your yep. girlfriend, your better half, dude. Yep. That I, I don't think people understand how important that is no. at this level.
2: Yep. It's it's everything almost, man. It, it truly is with sponsorship wise and. If you need a writer, that's your writer. She she always wanted to kind of do it in life. Really? Yeah.
0: We she, do need a writer for Ike Live because Brian the Carpenter normally writes all of our press release stuff. Yeah. And it's like,
4: oh, uh, Ike Live <laughs> in the uh. We actually had Fireside all tonight for the first forty-five minutes of the show. We so. did. You left it.
0: Fire Fireside. Right.
2: Yeah, so she, she's she got a way with words, when she writes stuff, man. I'm yeah. like, how the hell did you even think of that? Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Kelly Kelly actually supervises South Georgia Gas 3 Divisions right now. Um, She's, she's also, also going, going to college right now. Nice. Yes. Right. Wow. So, she's doing good, man. I got
3: some rental college. You going to Rowan? No. Oh. Where? Oh,
2: okay. yeah. I love it. Yeah, so huge I've part, man. DNA. Huge part. It's so key. <laughs> it's so
0: key. I mean, I, I look back, and... You know, from 2006 when I, met, when I met Becky till now, like all this other stuff. 2006 was a good year. It was a good year for me. Yeah. It was a great year. It was a great year. <laughs> uh, all this other stuff, you take her out of the equation, I'm still a wreck. You know what <laughs> I mean?
2: I'm <laughs> I still can see a disaster.
0: <laughs> and there's no Ike Live, there's no Bash You, there's yeah. none of that. Yeah. Uh, Ike Foundation, all that's gone. Yeah. And. Um, and keeping me sane, like, what, what you said. Like, uh, I've, I've got anger issues. And, uh, <laughs> you do? A little bit.
2: <laughs> and I <never> I've, do.
0: <laughs> I've gotten a lot better at that. And, you know, I, I can tell you the days where she kept me going and brought me back from the dead. You know, the big one for me was this year at the Classic. Like, And I, I've never really talked about this. Uh, it's a good time to talk about it. I swear to you. I look you in the eye and tell you that I was out. Like, I was retiring. Um, all this stuff was going on with Bass and MLF, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't want to deal with any of it. Like, I felt like the sport was just being ripped apart. And in my mind, I was going to go into that Bassmaster Classic. It was my last Classic. I was going to go out and win. I was going to do anything I could do to win it. And then I was going to retire. You know, I real I swear I, I'm I was going to retire. I heard the rumor. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I had a bad first day at the Classic. I Had a had a really dismal start and you know becky just started saying stuff and then i had a better second day and a better third day and she and i think at at the end you know i was disappointed that i didn't win but she came up there and she like we were in the boatyard and everybody was weighing in they were holding me for the very end to hold the you know the final six or whatever and so it's just us you know just i'm going to retire i missed it i came in i'm fourth and i didn't win and and I'm like, and I'm feeling depressed and down. And she looks at me. and She's like, "What's wrong with you?" She's like, "You know, this is something you love. You've loved this since you were a kid. You know how many people would die to be doing this?" And she said. She looked at me in the eye. She said, "And you're good. <laughs> you're one of the best." And she said that. And I'm like, "Man, she's right." <laughs> and I never. I honestly, I I think I had gotten so. You know, you get so involved in other stuff, and you're so competitive, and you you, you lose sight of why you love it. And just that five, ten-minute conversation in the parking deck before I weighed in that day, yep. it has reignited the fire under me. And it's all because of Becky. You,
2: I, know? You, you know, it's funny you said that because I think it was right about that point. Like, I, I don't know what was going on MLF in the beginning with you, but you... It seemed like you weren't fishing good, and then all of a sudden you were like, right up top again. Oh that, yeah, that must have been it. Why?
0: It, it was the big spark, man. That
2: must have been it. It was the big yeah.
0: spark, and I kind of ignored all the other shit that was going on, yeah, and focused on what I love to do, yeah, you know, which is fish. Yep. You know. It was. Yeah. It was, it was and, a great and
2: on a side note, in two thousand three, when you won the classic, like I was sitting in Mike Sims's basement watching the classic. We were both watching it. Yeah. And when you won, there was a last year of the classic. During the Super Six, and they said when Rick Klun won his fourth Classic, a, a breakdancing kid from New Jersey started the dream. In 2003, when you won, I started the dream. Wow! But seriously, that was like a big, wow. a big point for me.
4: That's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. Yep. That's so cool, man. Same it's... thing. Same thing for me, except it was the river. It was. It was when you won on the Delaware. Delaware. On the when I, I realized that bass fishing was like this real, tangible yeah. thing wow and i just was like balls to the wall this is what i want to do <laughs> yep. yeah was, that's was,
3: awesome yeah it's wait there's bass in this river <laughs> yeah, 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 like,
0: <laughs> you thought it was all condoms and juice jugs Dude,
4: I, I actually went to that weigh-in it parked in philly with an eight-foot john boat uh strapped in the in the bed of my old dodge truck in I parallel, philly yeah. I, I, pa- I, par- I paid i parallel and paid to park in philly with the john boat in the back and
0: Wow! And at that
4: point, I was just you know going out fishing for whatever. Yeah. Uh, but and then that had, my my buddy Chris was like, "Hey, there's this there's this big bass tournament down at the down at the uh, at the Philly," and I'm like, uh, at "Yeah, at the Philly, at I the Philly, Philly, Penn's Landing, uh, Pens Landing, Land at, yeah. at Philadelphia, Penn's Landing." And we went there and we we met Mark Zona, and then you went on the stage and you're like, "Go for your dreams, you can do it." And I was like, "Oh no shit, all right."
0: <laughs> that's funny that's awesome man i love to hear that stuff i love to hear that stuff uh listen to me you're watching uh the the inaugural did i say that right inaugural is that right (laughs) the first fireside chat with greg de palma uh i want if you again if you've got questions uh if you've got comments uh let's uh send them through riz you got a couple (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna take a break here in a second. But let's take a couple items on Yeah, of IMs I, I do.
4: I, I have a good one that uh, that came through. Let me find it here so that I can find the guy's name. But the premise of the question was, um, for, for both of you guys, do you feel like you can be too much of a specialist uh, a, as far as fishing one type of way to, to take that leap? And the the premise of the guy's question was that he was a smallmouth angler from somewhere up north, and yeah. all he all he does during the during the the open water months is fish for smallmouth. Does he need to diversify to be able to, to take that next step? Yeah,
2: I'll let you answer. In my In, opinion, it, it, it,
4: the, it, the comment came from Jeff C, Jeff C. Good question. Jeff C.
2: In my opinion, what that question is, is he doesn't need to change what he's doing. If he plans on staying and doing what he's doing, there are certain guys that are super, super good on these big bodies of water to have a lot of tournaments. They don't need to go anywhere else because their bread and butter is right there. So for me, the answer would be, it depends on what his outlook is as far as expanding. That's what it comes down to.
0: Right. But if if he wants to go out and expand his horizons and start fishing semi-professionally, professionally professionally maybe, you have to.
2: Period. Yeah. Yeah, Without a doubt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because we we have had this conversation before, Brian. uh, Michael. That back when we were... Brian De Carpenter and I were, you know, doing that same thing that you were doing at the club level. You know, it was like every year we would sort of find a new bait. You oh, remember those years?
3: Hell yeah! It was yeah. so
0: cool. Yep. And it was funny because we got in our heads; it was almost more important to master and learn that bait than anything else. Same here. And I remember doing it with like plastic worm, oh, split yeah. shot, yep. then wha- then the, the old school wacky rig.
3: The Jersey
0: the, rig, the, the Jersey, jersey rig, rig, yeah. Floating worm, jig. No. I remember, I didn't, dude, I didn't know, jigs were only good for casting off, you know. <laughs> and then I remember, like, about the same time, you know, we're like, this jig, it's catching the magazine, it's catching big fish. Jig and pig. And then we'd commit ourselves. Like Alloway was one of the first lakes we committed ourselves to a jig. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but but what we were doing back then is like we were expanding our horizons. We didn't, you know, at the time, we didn't know. We just were into this process of learning this puzzle. Yeah. But I look back on that stuff, and that made me such an amazing fisherman. And then with Top Rod, too, like I can remember we scheduled our events, events and we would go out of our way to fish clear water, dirty water, current, uh, acidic, you know, cedar stuff. Yeah. Stuff in central Jersey, you know, a few up north, you know, try to see it all. And that was, again, that was another one of the things I look back on, and I'm like, like, damn, I was training.
2: Yep.
3: I was training myself yeah, for this. And, and we talked about it. We shared. We shared it. That was the difference yeah. between, that that was what our club was predicated yeah, on. Yeah, my club yeah. was not. Learning. Mine was
2: cutthroat. Cutthroat, right. yeah. Yeah, a yeah. lot,
3: lot were cutthroat. Yeah, it yeah. was
2: to them, that was their Bassmaster Elite Series. Right. You know, they they wanted to win day in and day out. Yeah. So they were pretty quiet. Yeah.
3: But, but information was tough to come by back then. In our day, it was. So that's how we learned. We taught each yeah. Group.
0: There was no internet. There was no. We were web. all
3: fooled into into um, building your career. Exactly.
0: Building <laughs> you into who you are? Yeah, today. best guy in the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good. The guys you competed we at dummies. at that level yeah. make
2: you a good fisherman Oh my God, I'm telling you, man. Like when I got in that club and I saw how good them guys were, yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I was blown away. Yeah,
0: the guys that we had a core group of guys that were really, really talented.
2: Same here. There's uh, probably br- br- ten, yeah. ten guys.
0: Brian De Carpenter, Dave Brozick, Chris D'Alfonso, Crazy he's Chris. Yep. He's crazy, but he's good. He's fucking really good.
2: Yep. Always catches him.
0: Yeah, and I mean we had a we had a crew of guys that could catch him. You forgot John. John McGraw, of course. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And Steve Pellegrino.
0: And Steve Pellegrino, the lost member.
2: Dude, at, at one point, Brian, maybe maybe you were there. You weren't there. I came out to a top-rod uh, meeting. What? Yeah, because I was getting into the club. I started winning. I wanted to fish more club tournaments. So I came to a top-rod meeting, and I, I don't remember who was even there.
3: I, I don't think I was in the club at that
2: point. You must not have been. I do not I don't, I tell you what year it was. Yeah, dude. It was so I, long I, I ago. bought a
3: house, and I got busy. And... Yeah. The Flyers got swept by Detroit in the Stanley Cup Finals, <laughs> and then I remember leaving the club right after that. So and whatever was, year was that busy, was. He was busy <laughs> spray-painting
0: bodies on his hardwood
3: floors. <laughs> yeah,
2: whatever you do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I came out to that, that club to try to get in the club because I wanted to fish against you. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I was hungry, man. I wanted to win, beat everybody. That's how I, that's how I always thought.
3: That's how I've always yeah. fished. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder, Centaur, another local uh, hammer, Mike yeah. Centaur, he was in Top Rod. Yes, he was. I wonder how much being in that club helped him become who he is. You know what I mean? Centaur is
2: the as... other guy that I fish with around here. I've learned a ton from Mike. Mike's good. Mike's yeah, good, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, yep. Speaking
4: of, speaking of Top Rod, um, uh, one of my good buddies, Connor Cahill, he actually yep. just won the Five Alive uh, AOI and won their classic, but he. He started off top rod. And, Did he? Yeah. He started off top rod, wow. you know, fishing against Centaur and all. And I don't know how the format was for you guys when you were running it, but the way that we've had conversations about it is that, you know, he's fishing by himself in those tournaments for top rod. And gaining that experience where you're relying on yourself and it's not buddy format to yeah, where yeah. you have a buddy that's going to help you and put yeah. three in the boat and, you know, do all that stuff for you. Having that experience fishing solo, it's so different yeah uh, you know having to rely on yourself rather than a buddy format yeah yeah and uh he credits top rod yeah. to that and yeah. it's, I agree. it's like he's like a generation after all you guys. right so yeah that's
3: awesome we we did it both ways when we, we did were in two that. two a month we had two a month one was an invitational we called it right which was one man for yeah, boat. you fished in your boat and then the other one was a buddy a buddy yeah, yeah. so we did it the that's right way. we <laughs> did it both ways uh
0: Ridge, you got any more questions? We're gonna take a break here in a second. You got yeah. any more to come through?
4: Yeah, Greg. Uh, uh, at what point did you know that it was time for you to make the transition to the to the next level? To when, when you, I guess, when you decided to start fishing the opens. What what was it that made you decide that?
2: Uh, well, dude, there's like there's two parts to that for me because so when I finally decided to go try it, it's because I felt like I was. Uh, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I felt like I was getting bored locally. Right. It it just got to the point where it got right because you, you easy. achieved that level yeah.
0: and yeah. you were being consistent there, so you're yeah. ready for the next challenge.
2: Yeah, the federation. All of it. All of it seemed like I was ready to go higher. That's right. how. That's how I felt inside.
0: Yeah, and your performance dictates it, yeah.
2: right? Yeah, 100. So when you
0: start winning,
2: yep. you it's it's
0: you're ready for the next level.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the other, the second part of that for me was after I was already fishing the opens, and this is kind of a personal side of it too, a little bit, but I think it was 2000. Uh, 2016, 2016 the winter of 16 i always hated doing construction no offense dad <laughs> yeah. i always hated it I, yeah I hate but it too. yeah i mean I it, but i hate it more dude it's i learned <laughs> i learned so much like in life with the guys i worked with and then just the trade itself but it was like maybe 2016 i think it was for some odd reason that winter i decided to go get a captain's license And I never wanted to be a full-time guide. That was never the, you know, it's never learned to do. But in 2017, I went to my dad and I said I quit. I just flat out cold turkey quit. Wow. And I didn't have the money to sustain myself. Yeah. But I had the confidence to go out and start a guide service. Yeah. And I started a guide service. And uh, I credit Pete to this a lot, too, because Pete helped me a lot. Yeah. Pete got me a lot of trips that year. That year financially was probably the hardest year of my life because I had some sponsored dollars from like S F T and Riot, but that just got me kind of almost by in the opens. But everything else I had to pay for through guide trips. Right. And literally just stop working and hop into a, a guide service. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not. Uh, thank God for Facebook, because without Facebook I never would have survived. Right. As far as, you know, promoting. Um but I felt inside of me I, I felt strong for a long time, it just got to the point where it pushed me to the level to say, Greg, you gotta stop doing construction and you need to be on the water every day. Yeah. So yeah. that's Com-
0: you, you you made a made a point in your mind yes. to commit. Yes. You made full commitment. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I think that's the second side of what I'm saying. It takes that level of commitment yeah. nowadays All to compete with these guys. All in, yeah. yeah. And even though 2017 was the hardest year of my life financially, um, 2018 turned out good. The guy service took off big time. And then here we are, 2019. Yeah. You know, totally different scenario. Way different. Like, everything's going good. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, I'm not stressed out.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, so we're, we're going to take a break. I want to leave it there. Yeah, one
3: more question just came in. Yeah, hit me. Um, Rich, what was the last house you sold? <laughs> um, last month. In Brookline. Wow. Probably the last one you're probably going to sell, right? Why? No, no, no. It better not. I'm going for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh,
4: it, it is tempting, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you bring one. need a few more. <laughs> you're going to make Riz quit his job. No. Dude, I,
2: I... You know what? I'm not trying to tell anybody to, to <laughs> oh do what God. I did. <laughs> Don't take my path. But if you feel inside... You know, I never had a plan B. It was always... Fish the elites. Yeah. And I just got to the point where I was like, dude, you got to do this. Yeah. Don't be scared. You got to yeah. dominate. You yeah. got to yeah. dominate locally, though.
4: You oh, know? you, yeah. yeah I, 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 I recognize that and I'm not doing it. So yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Trailer hooks. Trailer hooks. Uh,
0: <laughs> listen, if you're watching right now, hang, hang in, there in there with, with us. us. We're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, part two, uh, we're going to be talking to Greg now about the transition from uh, local. Nation opens to now the elites. Yep. This is your dream come true now. And phenomenal first year. Phenomenal rookie
2: season. Yeah, a good story for that too. Yeah.
0: We're gonna be talking about that. Hang in there with us when we come back. More Ike Live
1: Fireside Chat. Mike. You good man? You know we're doing a video right now, right? I'm about good on the tackle that dude. Hey. Hey the official world, what's shaking fat cat dude and coming at you? Listen. Let's talk about something very important. And I'm not talking about Jack and Jaws Ripping Lips 2455 and Big Belly Kelly out of a brush pile. I found Prime Erge Foods. Ladies and gentlemen, what Prime Lurch Foods is, it is a monthly meat stick box. Month every month you get a box of meat sticks to your door. Retail is probably, I don't know, $30, $40, $14.95 a month. Now you can pick many different varieties. You can pick a surprise box, you get a little bit of this, you get a little bit of that. You get some $24.55 and dollars no, we don't like antibiotics. No antibiotics! And these right here, completely, completely eagle free. Now, the gas station meat sticks you buy probably have eagle in them, they have rhinoceros in them, but we are Americans. America! We're not eating bald eagles in our meat sticks. Guaranteed, none of these meat sticks have bald eagle in them. That's the number one reason to buy these meat sticks. If you want to get Granddaddy a gift, hey, I you're dating a girl, ooh she fine, there's muscadine wine and you want to warm up with her, you like, sure. I'm getting excited talking about women I forget what it is Prime Allerge, $14.95 a month monthly meat box subscription, it could be called a uh, Bombs, Bombs, box of meat sticks ha 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 just do like I do, and every month the box shows up, and I don't know what's going to be in it, but they're all delicious the meat right there I tell you what, that's something good right there. It's Girthy. It's Fat Cat Newton Prime Watch Foods. Please, Ike Live is the code, guys. Ike Live, Ike Live is the code. Okay, Prime much Foods, Ike Live is the code. It gets you five dollars off a box. Okay. Four and a half inch drop shot worm. Bam a bug.
6: Finesse jig. PB and J. Give me something hard. Hey, D here. I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three-aught, no, four-aught EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerkbait and a stick bait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about calculus. And he knows a lot about calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016. Featured article, four places to throw a frog, exclusive decals, (coughs) zombie bass, and how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. live minnows. Is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. Oh, is he in my pocket?
0: Hey everybody, Mike Iaconelli here. I love fishing this time of the year. It's cold, it's winter, it's snowing, but if you want to prevent the buildup of ice, use real snot. Every time I'm fishing this time of the year, I put a couple squirts on all my guides, especially the tip before I start casting try that tip when you're fishing under these cold conditions and you're going to catch more fish see you later
6: there's a special place in our hearts for the tools of the trade they're what we prep for a good day on the water they're what we clean after a good day in the field Flambeau's patented Z-Rust technology protects the gear of today from rust and corrosion Z-Rust For the performance of tomorrow, preserve, perform, repeat. You work hard to catch your fish. TH Marine has two products to ensure your fish survive. The Oxygenator injects 100% pure oxygen into your live well. That increases fish survival by 35%. For the perfect combo, add G-Juice Live Well Treatment. It calms fish, stops bleeding, removes ammonia, and replaces slime coat. Get an oxygenator and G-Juice and keep your fish alive.